back, everyone. It's episode two of the all-new, all-different Murphy's Law. This is Charles Murphy, hanging out as always with Charles Villanueva. We've got some news bits this week, including a little bit more in-depth discussion about Rotten Tomatoes. But before we jump into everything, let's check in with Charles and see what's been going on with him for the last week. Uh, it's, it's, it's been a pretty tough week, as you know, uh, personally. Uh, but I'm trying to hang on here. I had to put down my beloved cat. A couple of days ago it's been pretty tough um but i'm glad to be able to do this to sort of keep my mind occupied and i guess talk about the stuff that i that i that i, that I enjoy talking about which is rotten tomato scores but you know hanging on <laughs> what about you uh yeah it's it's been a it's just a normal week here this was the first weekend that we haven't had something to do or someplace to be uh in about two months so i've been trying to catch up on getting a lot of stuff done around here and uh yeah i'm sorry i'm sorry i had to end up putting your cat down i know that she's mm-hmm. been sick for quite a while and it's tough yeah what is even happening there yeah i don't know your mic spiked like a like this is a ghost or something but <laughs> skype skype keeps trying to kick back on for some reason yeah skype is weird like that so if you're a new listener we're trying this new app called zencaster um, we tried it last week, and the audio seemed pretty, like, fucking light years better than the Skype one. So we're trying to do our best to fucking make this thing work. We almost re- re- resorted to using Skype again, but Skype is garbage. So bear with us here as we're trying this new app for you guys. So what do you want to get into this week's news? What do we have on deck yeah, we had um, probably the coolest news of the week, and, and it was a pretty, it was a pretty low, pretty light news week. Um, but Brendan Fraser's career continues to be resurrected uh, as he is now joining the HBO Max Batgirl movie as uh, the the villain of the piece in Firefly. So yeah, this guy has you know was a, a huge star, kind of fell off the map, and now has has come back into a, a renaissance, I guess, a Brendan Fraser renaissance period. Now he's the villain uh, in, in this Batgirl film. Yeah, yeah, good for him. I mean, it, it's really cool to see him sort of bounce back. Did you see the interview he had with, I forgot which journalist it was, but I think last month where the journalist just basically said, Brendan, I, I don't know if you're aware, but a lot of people on the internet fucking love you. And you could see yeah. his face sort of, Tear up at the idea that you know he's 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 fallen off tough times, um with 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 some legal stuff with his family and whatnot. So to see him sort of bounce back and sort of have a like you said like a renaissance. Like remember when Matthew McConaughey had his. This mm-hmm. is sort of what I'm hoping is his sort of um return to form here because I mean growing up the fucking the, the mummy the mummy movies were like one of the best adventure movies. I've seen. I, I think up to this point, uh, up to like these days, I think his his mummy movies still hold up as far as you know, classic yep. Indiana Jones adventure movies go. I, in many ways, I think that the mummy movie is like way better than the fucking Uncharted trailer we saw. So happy for Brendan. I don't know anything about um, Firefly. I'm surprised that at, at how there is sort of a villain, a Batman villain here that has been under the radar for the most part. Or maybe he's maybe Firefly is probably famous, but I just don't know it. But it's pretty cool to know about a villain like Firefly and, you know, possibly seeing that in live action. I, I remember hearing or reading recently 
that at one point Firefly was potentially going to be in Batman and and then got uh, pushed out with there being too many things going on. And then now he's showing up here. So it, it's it's cool that it's obvious DC wanted to use him. It's cool that they found a landing place for him. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see the take, you know, with, with what they do with Frazier's character. He's not, as far as I know, like a, a, a powered um, criminal or anything. It, it, right. I, I almost feel like, from what I know of him, he was like a, like Mysterio, except with, you know, he was a pyro. So and he's got he's got all kinds of other stuff he he does, but he'll he'll provide more of like a, an actual physical threat than any mm-hmm. sort of crazy powers or anything for for Batgirl. So um, I'm excited just in general <clears throat> about all these films that they're putting on HBO Max. We're getting this this Batgirl film. We're getting Michael B. Jordan's Val Zod film. We're getting the Blue Beetle film. And we've had a little bit of this discussion before. Um, people seem upset that these aren't being released theatrically. And I'm so far over the fucking theatrical only thing that I'm just excited that we're getting some of these characters' solo films brought brought to my home or to other people's homes. I think this is great. Have we ever seen an HBO Max? I, I don't have HBO Max here, but has there has there been any good... HBO Max exclusive movie yet? We've seen like they made it for HBO Max specifically. Has there been anything yet? Well, I don't know that it was meant to be. Um, did, did the Sopranos movie go in theaters at all? I think it did. Yeah, I think it did. Okay. I was gonna say I don't know if that one did it or not because I know they made such a big deal about its release. Yeah, it wasn't theaters, so I don't know up to this point if they have any anything that's just been a film for HBO Max, but. I mean, one thing I don't ever worry about with HBO is, is if they're spending enough money in the budget to make it look legit, right? Like, right. no one no one questioned whether or not Game of Thrones had a, had a good budget, so... That's true. <clears throat> that is true. Um, what else do we have here? Um, we had, I guess, the big news of the week uh, came from from Geeks Worldwide and our buddy Casey Walsh, who, who had all kinds of great info that they put out um, a couple big, a couple three big things that were, were going to be going into production, I guess, in 2023. This follows up their World War Hulk report from, I guess, a week ago. We had a Thunderbolts film, uh, the the Shang-Chi sequel, and uh, the Akoye series for Disney+, Plus all seem to be headed into production, I guess, in, in 2023, uh, or 2022 mm-hmm. or 2023, not 2023. So with Thunderbolts being a movie, a Shang-Chi sequel, and then again that series for Akoye, um, and that joins, I guess, Fantastic Four, Nova, and World War Hulk films. So they've, the Geeks World Rise crew's had uh, quite a quite a couple of weeks here, but we've got huge news with that Thunderbolts project finally moving forward. Yeah, Thunderbolts stuff. I've I've long been sort of an advocate for having the Thunderbolts in live action. Um, Clearly, it's taking shape now with Val and you know with the with, with John Walker, possibly with with Yelena. There is something here brewing, but I'm just curious, sort of, what is if it's going to be a movie or if it's going to be a TV show. If it's a movie, it'd be fucking crazy. Um, maybe Marvel wants to cash in on the you know bad guys as the, the lead for the, the the heroes of the story here for once after seeing James James Gunn sort of knock it out of the park with Suicide Squad, but. I don't know. I, I'm just curious how it's going to be because my idea of Thunderbolts is the fucking Norman one. Um, yeah. 
it's that sort of is the 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 peak definition of Thunderbolts for me. I know for some like old school, you know, comic book readers, it is the Kurt Busiek, um, Mark Bagley, um, 90s superhero run where, you know, there's just a bunch of Zemo and his friends posing as heroes. Um, I don't think you could do something like that now. So I feel like it's going to be like some sort of Task Force X sort of, you know, s- set up here where, unfortunately, instead of having Tommy Lee Jones, Norman Osborn, we're going to have JLD, Contessa as sort of the the ringmaster here, unfortunately. Nothing nothing about Va so far has, has excited me apart from JLD being in the MCU. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna take a bit of a bit of convincing for me to actually fully get on board with the idea that Val is sort of manning the Thunderbolts. I feel like you need someone as someone like Tom Lee Jones as as as, as Norman Osborn here. So maybe they could recast Tom Lee Jones as Norman Osborn because that's how Mike Diodato drew him for the fucking longest time. Yeah, I'd be I'd be very happy about it. <clears throat> yeah, Tommy Tommy Lee Jones is a little bit older these days. Let's see where he where he is in age. I haven't I haven't any idea. Probably um, early seventies, youngest. Seventy five years old. Yeah. Oh, there, there you go. Not a spring chicken. No. No. Um, but yeah, the, the, the run that you're talking about, the, the Warren Ellis and through that, what a great Thunderbolts run. Um, and, and it does seem that some of the characters that could potentially be on the Thunderbolts roster are like Ghost could be a Thunderbolt, but this Ghost seems so much different than the Ghost from, from that Ellis Thunderbolts run. Just a completely different iteration of the character. Um, but yeah, putting it as a movie, which is what what the rumor is, is that this is going to be one of the films, really makes it. Just wonder. I always kind of thought of Thunderbolts in the MCU as like I know we've talked about this before, but the like an A team type of TV show where they could do like a weekly thing, uh, and and I guess we'll see whatever they have to do here in in the MCU. Seems like it, it with the timing of it now. It seems like it'll be some sort of fallout from Secret Invasion and the Skrulls, and and maybe uh, and, and go from there and see how how things turn out. But with with everything, you know, it, it kind of looks now like maybe even with all the movies being pushed around, that Secret Invasion itself, the series which we long thought would be a 2022 series, that might end up moving into 2023 as well, so it can run butt upright to the Marvels. You know, so we've got unfortunately quite a long time until we find out a little bit more about the future of where things are going. Um, yeah, this, this is exciting. This, um, the idea that the Thunderbolts are finally going to hit the screen. And like, uh, like I wrote in the pulse this week, the justice like lightning, we finally get to maybe see some of that, that idea carry over. Yeah. I mean, I'm also excited for the lineup. Um, I'm excited to see if even Zemo joins. I feel like that is fucking Zemo's theme. Ultimately, at the end of the day, in the comics, that is fundamentally his sort of his creation. Um, the Thunderbolts theme, uh, the idea that you know there's General Ross's thing, is just something that was like done recently. And I don't ha- has the comic made any uh, allusion towards the name being similar to Red Hulk's name? Did they ever point that out? In the no, I no, I think a lot of people think that the idea of the Thunderbolts came from Ross. It's not. And that's that's not it at all. It's fucking Zemo's. And it just happens to be a guy whose military name happens to be Thunderbolt. 
just happens to be on the team. And by the way, I, I fucking hate that lineup. I think that's like, I thoroughly dislike that Thunderbolts lineup with with Agent Venom, with Elektra, with Punisher, with Red Hulk. And mm-hmm. is that part of that team? Who was? Deadpool, Deadpool was part of that team? Yeah. yeah. And Deadpool leader was on there, but he was red. Yeah, I, I, I fucking hate that team. I, I'm really more of sort of the 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 Norman Osborn um, Zemo lineup. So, I know you, you got Abomination, you got maybe Ghost. Um, I don't know if uh, Shang-Chi's sister would like to join because she seems to have her own crew. So, I mean, who knows who joins? Maybe we can get some of the Wrecking Crew. I know they're, they're, they're bound to show up at some point in the future. Maybe Titania's husband, you know, um, what's his face? Absorbing Man maybe becomes av- available for the lineup. So, like, who, who maybe Titania who, is is in the lineup? Yeah, if we're not if we're not getting Moonstone or um, or Screaming Mimi, I feel like Titania is enough of a fucking heavy hitter. What do you think? Mm. Uh, oh yeah, I mean that would be that would be a new addition to the lineup, but that would be pretty sweet. And I have no idea what what plans they have for Jamila Jamil outside of She Hulk, but yeah, I mean, why not? But I guess if you have Abomination, you don't need another uh, bruiser mm-hmm. on your team. I mean, look, yeah, if you're going to have John Walker and you have a fucking Black Widow, it's kind of like it's the same person. Yeah. You know I mean, it's the same skill set. Um, I mean, they, they definitely could do some sort of archer. And do we know if Barney Barton's going to be in the show? I don't think he is, no. So that's a bummer. I don't think we're getting Wilson Bethel's bullseye anytime soon. So, you know, I, I, the team that is, is, is in dire need of a fucking sharpshooter and maybe a, a, some sort of like mage esque character. Um, so let's see who, who, who rounds up the team. Let's see who else Val recruits. Well, and you mentioned Shang. You mentioned Shang Chi's sister, and one of the other parts of the, the GWW report was that the sequel is greenlit and going to head into production. And we had lots of ideas um, about what it might be. But something that's pretty interesting is that just this week we had uh, a teaser for Danny Rand walking away from the Iron Fist mantle, and then the next day a teaser of the new Iron Fist. And I wrote an article uh, yesterday that I published after I read, did some reading on the internet, um, saw some stuff on Twitter, that it looks like the Marvel Comics character Swordmaster is going to be the new Iron Fist. And so, like, uh, uh, yeah, the, the, sword, the Swordmaster, who's, a, who's only been around for just a few years, and he's a Chinese character, but I, I'm, I'm interested in the fact that they're going to give this new character, Swordmaster, a more prominent role as the new Iron Fist in this. It is just a five-issue series, and it's another original character. It's a character that they could adapt into the film universe really, really easily because he doesn't have much of a story. Um, I, I, it certainly is no guarantee, but it was just something that I found interesting because we know that Kevin Feige is overseeing the whole of Marvel Entertainment now, including comics. So it was something that, that crossed my mind. And uh, after I saw, I think it was Games Radar, ran, ran an article about it on Friday night. Well, I'm Googling Swordmaster. The name doesn't instill, you know, a sense of like how badass the character is because the character Luke looks fucking badass. But the name yeah. Swordmaster, 
it's a very 80s sort of yeah like how, how like how you know, how toys in the 80s sounded kind of generic sword master beast master beast master sword master so it's not i'm not too crazy over the name but if, if this kid is the new iron fist good for him um i've always sort of felt like i mean i, have, I haven't fucking seen shang chi by the way it's coming out november 24 here by then it'd be out on disney plus i could fucking watch it there so i don't know if there's a point of watch if me of, of me watching it in the theater but just right. seeing everyone's response towards this sort of new asian you know mcu sort of protagonist it, it does sort of make sense for marvel studios to sort of maybe go down that route for iron fist as well um not that danny rand sucks or anything but there is some sort of an appeal to just you know what if it's fucking it's a fucking badass asian character you know it, it's their heritage it's their sort of you know it's their mantle why not fucking have one in the mcu that is sort of you know an, an asian character sort of wield that mantle so i i absolutely can see why if they do this in the mcu down the road so i i, I the, the costume looks fucking sick it kind of looks like shang chi's sort of costume too right yeah i I have no idea where it's headed, but I, I really do like the the look of the new costume. And you know, Danny Danny Rand will still have plenty to do in the in the comics. He's just now not going to be the Iron Fist. Um, well, for you know, I mean, we've seen this before. Characters walk away from a title, but it, it's an interesting new twist and a and a new direction for the character that has been around for a really long time. And we know that there have been dozens of iron fists before danny so it's cool to see somebody else and find out what their adventures are now too i think it'll be interesting to see you know we're seeing we're seeing these comic book changes as you know given the premise that kevin feige is sort of the big boss at marvel right now i think we're we're Mm -hmm. finally seeing some changes in the comics that may be in fact be under his sort of purview where he actually you know maybe he told some of the editors at marvel you know what we want to do an Iron Fist three years from now. Can we build this thing up? I feel yeah. like that could have been a mandate from him personally. Now that he's sort of the the chief creative officer, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, yep. over Marvel of Marvel Entertainment in general. And I guess the, these these are the first steps of you know Kevin Feige's vision of synergy. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I, I guess the downside is here with the stuff they're changing with Miss Marvel. I guess it makes sense for him to also to sort of change that in the comics. Um, and it's weird because a lot of people have interviewed Kevin Feige since he got that promotion. I don't think I've heard anyone ask him about, you're, yeah. you're, now, you're now chief creative officer. What is your sort of, you know, mission statement for Marvel Comics in general now that, you know, you could sort of influence, you could sort of basically tell the comics division to recreate the MCU on the page, but what is sort of your take on that? It's so crazy that none of these fucking journalists have asked Kevin Feige that fucking question. It is such an important question that I feel like needs to be addressed. So, you know, if if, if you ever get to interview Kevin Feige, that's something I would absolutely ask. If Kevin hasn't made himself available for one-on-one interviews since WandaVision. That's a bummer, but maybe he makes time for us. He should. I'm sure he would love to talk to me. Right, I'm sure. I'm sure he loves you. I'm fucking sure. <laughs> yeah, he's. I, I guarantee it. Um, speaking of loving us, uh, we we had a, a little minor 
detail that we were able to share this week about the Marvels and, and the identity of Zia Ashton's character. We know that she's uh, a, a minor, minor character from the comics that they're reinventing for the MCU. She's uh, a new version of, of a Kree character named Aeldan, who was a general that helped kill the former emperor of the Kree and became co-emperor of the Kree. And so this is, we've, we've known for, I don't know, since February or March that, that Zali was going to be the villain according to the trades. Uh, she's the villain, not according to me. And now we have an, an idea of who she's going to be and, and what her role is. And obviously this means that the Kree are still going to be playing a huge part in the Captain Marvel sequel. Yeah, I mean, as far as the character goes, like, I don't even know who that is. I always point to that Snoop Dogg who gif yeah that we always like sharing in our dms so i don't know who Aildan is um i remember when 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 zawi was was cast we all thought oh my god is she is she playing varank because yeah. really badass if she played varank but i guess i, I mean I've seen, I've seen some people complain that why is marvel mm-hmm. interesting on ha- having these great actors play fucking obscure characters who probably will die by the end of the movie because if, yeah. if you're playing fucking Aildan. I don't. I don't think you're gonna be like the next Thanos. It, it seems unlikely because if, if they treated Ronan the way you know they fucking treated the yeah. Guardians, I don't know how you're gonna get out of this movie alive, Zawi. So it, it's gonna be a bummer to sort of see your her 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 skill set, her talents go to waste playing such a obscure character. But you know, more Kree. Maybe we, maybe there is some sort of Ronan sort of redemption down there. They know I asked Jonathan Schwartz about it. He said they're always down to give us more Ronan. Maybe for some reason Ronan is still kicking it. Maybe they have like a Ronan clone or something. Maybe as a kid. So <laughs> I, I guess more Kree, more blue dudes. It's not so. It's not so bad. The the portrayal of the Kree Empire in general has been very very poor. When you yeah. think about how awesome they've been in the comics, um, specifically kind of in that post-annihilation uh, time after Abnett Landing and, and all that crew redid some of the stuff they did. And now you're just looking at such a such a poor representation of them from the comics. So hopefully uh, Nia DaCosta has something great in mind for, for this villain and for the Kree in general to, to give them a little bit more of the platform they deserve because it's just been... It's been sad what they've done so far, what the Kree have done so far in the MCU. Uh, poor, they've been poorly poorly represented. They're even relegated to being on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for crying out loud. So, <laughs> I mean, in general, a, a lot of the cosmic stuff, I guess apart from the, you know, the protagonists, I mean, the, the I guess the auxiliary cosmic stuff like the, the, the Nova Corps, you know, yeah. it, it, it makes me worried how they're going to handle like the Shi'ar. I mean, the scrolls haven't been that bad so far, and we're clearly gonna get to see the brunt of what the scroll empire really is, mm-hmm. you know, in, with, with Secret Invasion. But for the most part, it makes me worried for like the Shi'ar. Like I said, like yeah. how are you gonna do the the um, Imperial Guard? How are you gonna fucking do that? How are you gonna do Gladiator? How are you gonna do Smasher? There's a lot of fucking amazing cosmic characters here that I feel like might not get their due. I mean, again, going back to fucking Ronan. Ronan is like probably one of the 10 most important characters in Cosmic Marvel. Ronan, 
the Nova, Nova, the Nova core, and we've seen how they're getting treated. So maybe, you know, maybe um, Gladiator ends up being just some dude with a mohawk, right? And purple lipstick. Purple lipstick. It's gonna be an unfortunate thing because Gladiator is such a fucking badass. Yeah, that would be sad. Yeah. All right. What else do we have? Um, we we have Benedict Cumberbatch made this uh, announcement on the Today Show the other day that Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is heading for like two more months of additional photography. They've already been through several months of additional photography, so I guess this makes it additional additional photography. Um, mm-hmm. But this this is obviously why the the movies that were moved started with Doctor Strange. I kind of hinted at this last week's podcast, or maybe it was on the Q&A, that it was pretty obvious to see which movie was the, was the one that started the dominoes. And now we know for sure that, that that's been officially confirmed by Marvel that, that they're moving it because of these reshoots. And I know people are very they're concerned about the movie. Oh, the movie's going to suck. This is Sam Raimi doing this movie. Sam Raimi is a, is a pretty well-known perfectionist, He's also a guy who's pretty well known for his idea that the first draft is never going to be the best draft, and he's very open to collaboration. He's very open to reworking things. He's also a perfectionist, so it's going to it, all it's going to do is give him more time to feel better about the final product. I'm not worried about it at all, uh, knowing who's who's working on the film and and what they're putting into it. I don't I don't find any reason to be concerned. Just because we have to wait two more two more months to see the movie. Yeah, I particularly am not um, affected by this kind of news. It's like it, it's par for the course. Who gives a fuck? These these movies have additional photography, probably you know, fucking every month. They probably you know, every day in the when they look at dailies, they probably see something. Oh shit, we need to fucking do this again. It's it's not a big deal. Like I said, it's more time to perfect the. The movie here, um, I guess the downside for it is just, I guess it it, it leaves the movie susceptible to leaks, um, as we're seeing with the with the No Way Home stuff. It's so crazy. The No No Way Home isn't delayed, but it kind of feels like it's delayed because of all the leaks. Right. With the way the fandom has been treating the, I guess the 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 outpouring of leaks, it it seems like you think that the movie is being delayed for a fucking year. That's why fans can can't stop getting their hands on fucking leaks. But it's it, it's. It's still on schedule, but it's still like the most leaked thing in the MCU currently, or maybe the most leaked Marvel thing ever. So hopefully the do- I feel like the Doctor Strange stuff is sort of close to that. Next to next to next to No Way Home, it's fucking the the Multiverse of Madness is probably has so so many leaks. So yeah, we're gonna have to figure that out. Yeah, it's it's not a concerning uh, thing for me at all. Um, another another point of concern for a lot of fans this week has been the the Rotten Tomatoes score for Eternals. Eternals will come out this coming weekend, November 5th. And right now, as we're recording this, it's sitting on Rotten Tomatoes at 60%, making it the worst critically reviewed film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe so far, um, putting it well below fan favorites such as The Incredible Hulk and Thor The Dark World. Um, And... If in reading through the, the reviews, it's it's been wild because one review will criticize it 
for for departing from the Marvel Studios formula. Well, another one will praise it for departing from the Marvel Studios formula. In one review, will pan it for using too many locations. In another review, will praise it for using locations. And it's very it's very strange. Uh, you know, I've seen yeah. a review that's graded three out of five that gets a, a positive review, and a review that's graded three out of five that gets a negative review. So it's been a very very weird um, week as far as kind of parsing through these reviews and and seeing what counts as what, but. I know that neither of us have seen the movie yet. I'll see it this weekend. You'll see it maybe, what, two weeks from now? Probably, yeah. Yeah, and, and so neither of us have seen it, but it's it's very, very hard for me to believe that this movie is worse than Incredible Hulk, Thor of the Dark World, and Iron Man 2. There's, there's literally no fucking way it's worse than any of that. Like, the the number, the, the RT score can say all it wants. Like, it can give it, like, a fucking 20%. There's no fucking way that... It's it's worse than um, even let's say Captain Marvel. You know what I mean? And no disrespect, no disrespect to Captain Marvel, but you know, two years after that movie has come out, I I, I don't care for that movie. Um, I don't think there's anything interesting about Captain Marvel as a movie in retrospect. Um, but with the Eternals, I feel like there's so much interesting stuff about it that I feel like. Even for me, let's say the movie is okay. I feel like it will be okay the same way that Ant-Man is okay. You know what I mean? Um, and it's funny because we were talking about we were talking last night about how a lot of the Marvel movies' Rotten Tomato scores are bloated or overblown. Um, yeah. Like some of these fucking movies are like scored so high. But, but again, then again, you have to remind audiences that Rotten Tomatoes is sort of an aggregate for what's positive, what's not, what's not. Um, rotten toma- Tomatoes is very binary. Either you give it a fresh or rotten score. That's it. There, there's no nuance. There's no middle ground. There's no sort of, you know, there, there's no gray area here. It, it Either it sucks or it doesn't. And so so when a movie is like 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, it just means that out of 100 critics, 93 of them think it's cool. The movie's okay. It's not necessarily, you know, a ranking of oh, ninety. It scored ninety three percent. Right. It, 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 you know, it, it, it hit all the marks it needed to it. It's not that sort of grading system. So when when Eternals has six sixty percent over hundred, it means six people like it and four people don't. What, what's unfortunate is that apparently, if six people, six out of ten people like something, that thing sucks. I'm not quite yeah. sure why because I'm not I'm not quite sure why sixty percent count as rotten. I feel like that's still pretty positive. Um, if 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 you know if, if six p six out of ten people dislike the movie, then I would see I would understand that. Okay, I guess this sort of skews towards the the negative side of things. But I'm not quite sure why six out of ten people means this is a garbage movie. And I, why and it's. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying, like it's it's emblematic of the sort of how Rotten Tomatoes is sort of damaging everything. I mean, I don't I don't want to advocate for against Rotten Tomatoes. I don't want to I don't want to advocate against for critics because in many ways that's part of our job. We we critique these stuff, and I don't want our sort of job to go the way of the dinosaurs and go extinct and sort of think, oh, critics, they're useless. They don't mean anything here. Um, while criticism shouldn't affect 
your opinion. I feel like there is a there is a space for you know people who can sort of articulate some of these stuff and sort of explain in a very well written manner why the, why this works why why it doesn't. So I think there's space for critics here. But overall, I feel like the specific system of Rotten Tomatoes is sort of feels very outdated and almost kind of damaging. Right? Yeah, like you said, it doesn't leave room for uh, for opinion right it's just it is good or it is bad and if you look at metacritic the majority of the reviews on metacritic are mixed so they they have a a place there for like you said it's very binary on rotten tomatoes they have a place there to make it a little bit more representative of of what's actually happening where people do have mixed feelings about the movie um and on rotten tomatoes you're forced to just choose one or the other which is why you might see somebody graded a three out of five and it still end up being rotten while somebody grades it three out of five and it becomes fresh. Yeah. And I mean, if, if we're going by sort of the, like, let's say the Rotten Tomatoes wasn't an aggregate, I'd argue that some of these fucking MC movies have weight to a high of a score. Like mm-hmm. for like Dr. Strange, I think is in the 90 mark. I mean, no offense to that movie, but I've always felt like that was like, you know, um, an eight at most for me. Eighty percent. Yeah, that's eighty nine percent. I I'd argue it's like eighty five ish. Um, what else is the ninety mark? Guardians. Well, like for me, the one that that is like jarring is Captain America: The Winter Soldier is at ninety percent, and my one of my favorite, most rewatchable movies is Thor Ragnarok. That's at ninety three percent, and there's just no way that that's a better yeah. movie than Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Yeah, I mean, Winter Soldier is, is, is even objective, objectively is a fucking way better movie than, than, than Ragnarok. I guess Ragnarok is more fun. But again, it's one of those things where one movie is clearly sort of crafted better, crafted seriously. You know, it, it has some sort of a sense of realism to it that critics love. You know, the, 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 the Jason Bourne fight scenes. And you have Ragnarok that's very bubblegummy. It feels almost very plasticky where everything's just CGI. It's dumb fun. It's fucking hilarious. But the fact that it's 93% and the, the fact that, you know, when people look at that, people will think, oh, 93%, that means Thor Ragnarok is a better movie than fucking than the Winter Soldier objectively. It's not. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's just fucking nuts. And I feel like also just looking, looking at the responses to Eternals, the movie getting a mixed response to me is far more interesting than when we saw critics say Black Widow was the best thing in the MCU. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right out of the gate, when people say the Eternals is divisive, that to me is sort of like, ooh, I wonder where I stand there. I can't wait to see it. But when we hear about Black Widow getting, you know, oh my God, it's the best thing ever, I'm kind of like, no, it's fucking not. There's just no way it's fucking the higher echelon of Marvel movies. You, you can just kind of tell. So... Yep, and it'll, it'll be much more interesting to see uh, when fan reviews start to come in, right? Like what what's yeah. actually going on? Because there are plenty of plenty of examples of films that get hammered hard by critics, but that get better scores by fans, or vice versa, right? So yeah. we'll we'll see where this falls once once fans start getting a chance to see it. Um, you know, it's a it's a Marvel movie, so people are going to go see it either way. It's not like the reviews are going to keep people from showing up. So it'll just be it'll be something to keep an eye on as we move through the next couple of weeks here to see where fan reviews place it. I also like thoroughly believe that 
if Thor the Dark World was reviewed today, oh my god, the score would be probably fucking 30%. Yeah. Can you, can you imagine getting a movie like Thor the Dark World in 2021 in the current state of the MCU? It would be the garbage. Absolute dog shit. Very disappointing. It would be crazy. So I think time also has to do has a, has a lot to do with it. I think back then, um, I guess the, the 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 critical landscape was you know oh Marvel, it's it's an okay movie. I guess it's seventy percent. It's fine. It's mm-hmm. it's not so bad. I think now there is some sort of harshness towards populist movies like the MCU, and yeah. I feel like there is some sort of I I I won't deny that. I see fans feel empowered just sitting on the MCU. You know what I mean? I feel like some of them are like, yeah, fuck yeah. And the MCU gets its first rotten score. Fuck yeah. Let me add to that. Oh, there are, there are certainly people who are critics even who have the sentence lined up. Marvel Studios finally has its first flop. They're just waiting to drop that line. Like they, there, yeah. there are people that if you, if you read Rotten Tomatoes often enough, you can guess ahead of time where they're going to fall on every MCU film. And there are people who are just waiting, have that teed up to, to drop. And so, yeah. you know, it's, it's certainly, yeah, if, if something's popular, there's going to be a bunch of people who try to find a reason why it's not popular. That's just how humans work. Yeah. So, I mean, it'd be interesting to see if it changes as the world gets to see the movie. I think there are like a hundred reviews for Eternals right now. And I think usually for MCU movies, they usually stop at 300 plus, if I'm not mistaken. Um, 300, 300 critics so we'll see I, I guess we're only like you know one third of the the reaction so far right yeah it's 121 reviews right now so what about like for a movie like Black Panther how many critics reviewed that for Black Panther out of what Black Panther which is the highest rated um, by the way while, while we're looking at it Black Panther is the the highest rated MC movie at 96% um it is 525 reviews. That's pretty fucking high. So we're only just getting started here. But I mean, even for Black Panther, I love that movie. I feel like it's like a fucking 90 max. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if, if you had to fucking actually grade these grade these movies, I feel like it's not a 9.6. I, I rank it maybe its highest like a 9.2. Yeah, so, and then you know, like Doctor Strange, eighty nine percent, three hundred and eighty five reviews. Well, there you go. What about um, Ant Man, our fucking favorite? Age of Ultron, three hundred and seventy five reviews. Uh, Ant Man. Ant Man. Ant Man. Ant Ant Man, twenty fifteen, was. Is rated in eighty three percent with three hundred and thirty six reviews. That's a fair assessment of Ant Man. That is sort of where I place Ant Man as far as giving giving it a, a grade. It's an eight. Yep. So I, I guess for Black Panther, a lot of people just wanted to review it. But for for I guess for Marvel movies in general, we're we're looking at a three hundred plus uh, reviewer yep. count. So we're gonna have some time. Yeah, we have some fucking time, and who cares really? Yeah, it's not the end of the world. Well, right. I think that that does it, right? Or do we want to talk a little bit about Bill Murray joining the Ant the uh, Ant Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania? Yeah, I guess. I mean, he's a legend. Um, he sort of just blabbed about it. 
I have a feeling that was one of the surprises they were keeping for for Ant-Man. Yeah. Because Bill Murray is someone that doesn't work a lot by choice. He's very choosy what he does. He is sort of that quirky, legendary actor that only works with Wes Anderson. Um, so for him to work with Marvel is pretty fucking crazy. I've seen a lot of people sort of guess that he might be playing Scott Lang's dad, which which would make absolute fucking sense. He's Paul yep. dad. That sounds fun. Um, like who who do you think he's playing? I feel like playing playing Bob Lang, who is Scott's dad, who's just a very minor character from the comics. I think Matt Fraction introduced him during like uh, the one of his books, one of the runs on like the with the Fantastic Four, right. um, where Scott joined them. I, I feel like that's a great role for him. I certainly don't expect it to be like a huge role or, or a major villain or something. I feel like it's just going to be uh, a nice cameo along the lines of something like Zombieland or something. Yeah, it sounds good. I mean, I love fucking Bill Murray. And I'm glad that he's game to fucking join shit like this. I mean, weren't they getting Rick Moranis for fucking a few years now? <laughs> Rick Moranis. That, I mean, that whole crew should, from the 80s, if you think about who's directing... The Marvel movies now, it's a lot of people in their 30s and 40s who grew up watching all, the, all those great 80s films, right? So it would make sense that they would want to reach out to these people and see if they'd be interested. Yes, Especially, right. I mean, Kevin Feige is in the same boat, right? Like, he grew up watching all these things, and so right. it, it makes sense that he's going he's gonna to want these people in his films. Plus, a Rick, Rick Moranis in an Ant-Man movie feels the most perfect thing. Oh, it'd be, it would be ideal, yeah. The greatest thing ever. All right, I think that's it. Yep, that's it. All right, guys, thanks for joining us uh, on episode two of the all-new, all-different Murphy's Law. We'll be back hopefully again next week to chat with you again. Stay safe out there and take care. Bye.